Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Good afternoon, welcome, good morning, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with another phenomenal podcast for you today. I was amazed at how many people enjoyed yesterday. Thank you very, very much. That was a great podcast. And we hit that thing hard yesterday talking about lobster fishing. And a lot of people really enjoyed that. So thank you all very, very much for watching. That was uh, our biggest live audience we've ever had. So thank you all very, very much. And anybody that hasn't seen our podcast or listened to it, we go live Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on both Facebook and YouTube. And then immediately after the podcast is done going live, then we go out on uh, all podcast carriers at one o'clock in the afternoon. And you can listen to the show while you're driving around or you can watch it live like a lot of our people do. It's pretty cool. I believe it is the only live podcast five days a week that anybody's ever heard of or I don't know. I I look around at a lot of podcasts and I don't see anybody else out there doing a live podcast Monday through Friday. We've been doing it now for three and a half years. So we're gathering quite an audience. So thank you all very much. Today is Fish Labs uh, Wednesday. Akuma and Fish Labs team up together to make some phenomenal products. Today, we're going to be talking about this throughout the day. If you look in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, you see that fish lab tackle with the uh, pound sign. I need everybody to go over to the uh, fish lab Instagram page. It's very, very easy. It's very, very simple. And you're going to follow fish lab over there on the Instagram page. I even have a picture here to help you out if you don't know what we're talking about. And we'll talk about it more throughout this show. That is their Instagram page. If you look right now, they got 29.9 thousand followers. I'm hoping and praying that everybody that listens to us goes over there and we see that number jump big time in the next four or five days. But the reason why I'm sending you all over there is the very first post they have is about the the uh, the new contest that they have. They're going to be giving away some product and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But You want to go over to Fish Lab Tackle Instagram page and check that out. And we'll talk about the cool contest that they have going on a little later in the show. But I just want to get that out there and let everybody know. That's why I'm wearing my Fish Lab shirt today. And we're showing the logo up there. Akuma owns Fish Lab. They do a phenomenal job putting together some awesome lures. And we'll show you a lure that I know catches that bluefin. And we're going to show that to you in a little bit later in the show. Today is Text the Show Wednesday. I try to answer everybody's questions on Wednesdays. So we're going to get that part of the show rolling here. As soon as you guys start sending in your questions, I will be more than happy to answer them for you. And I'll do my very best to answer them to the best of my ability. 
and see if we can uh, help you further understand what it is we do at your saltwater guide, what it is that we try to accomplish, and all the great things that all my sponsors and all my followers have allowed us to do over at YourSaltWaterGuide.com. It's an amazing community with some amazing people that are involved that are posting pictures and reports and telling you where they're fishing and what they're fishing for every single day. And the thing I'm the most proud of is that there's zero negativity allowed on the website, on the, on the fish reports, on the boards where you can post and talk and chit chat with each other. I allow no negative. There's so much negative in the world today and there's so much negative on social media platforms that I think it's very important to get rid of the negativity. So we don't allow any negative on our community over on our website. We don't allow that. And uh, you'll be blown away when you go over there and you ask people questions and they actually answer you without any negative condensation on their answers. And it's pretty spectacular the amount of information that everybody shares all the time. I am blown away every day when I see people sharing exactly where they caught their lobsters, exactly where they caught their sea bass, exactly where they caught their halibut, and so on and so forth. It's absolutely amazing. We're trying to change the culture. And I think if we all work together, we can, we can change the culture. At least I know over at Your Saltwater Guide, I'm doing everything to change the culture. So gang, real quick, I'm, I'm getting some people sending in some questions and I thank you very much, but we need to talk about something that's going on right now. There is a phenomenal amount of fog in Southern California and I don't see it going away. I've been watching and I've been, and I've been looking and, uh, I don't see the fog going away any, anywhere soon. And that presents a giant problem for all the harbors, especially at night when we're hoop netting. So we're going to talk a little bit about radars for the first part of the show today and how important it is to pay attention when you're out there on the water and how important it is to learn how to use your radar when you have this beautiful radar on your boat. You spend a lot of money putting it on your boat, but you don't know how to use it. I talk about this all the time on the website. I've talked about it on many podcasts. Well, now a big tragedy occurred up in uh, Redondo, not last night, but the night before. Five people out on their boat were hoop netting in, in the bay there, Santa Monica Bay. And I, I know a lot of you know the bay very well. But you know that there's those big oil tankers that come in and out of the bay. Normally, they come in in the middle of the night, tie up to their mooring balls. Listen, gang, there's absolutely no way these ships can turn. There's no way they can get out of your way when you're out there hoop netting or you're out there doing whatever you're doing on your boat. You cannot expect that freighter or that oil tanker to get out of your way. It takes them miles to turn. It takes them miles to stop. You've got to be uh, paying attention to what's around you when you're out on your boat in this fog. It's killer. 
for me personally, and I know I've been doing this for a very, very long time. And I do, I've done it on a lot of really beautiful yachts and boats, and sport boats. And I've, the only thing that really scares me is the fog. The fog is a terrifying experience when you're a captain. Because, not because I don't know how to navigate in the fog, because I do. It's all the other boats that are out there that aren't paying attention, that are driving around way too fast in zero visibility, that don't have a radar or don't have the ability to know how to use their radar. It's absolutely terrifying. Let me show you something. I got this. Look at this. This is on the news. Rick, thank you very much for sending this to me. I can't play the, I don't have permission from the news station to play this. But you can go, you can all grab that, you can gather that up, and you can look. These folks were out hoop netting on their private boat, five of them. Two of them are critically injured right now. Everybody on the boat got injured. It looks to me like they drove into the side of the tanker looking at the bow, but I wasn't there. I don't know. Looks to me like they were going too fast and they drove right into the side of the tanker. But that's not how it plays out on the news. It says that they were hit by the tanker. But I don't know about you guys, but if I got hit, I doubt very seriously they're going to hit me right on the bow like that and rip the front of my boat off. But here's the th here's what happens, gang. You're driving around out there in the fog and you're going way too fast. This is a tragedy that should have never happened. And there's been so many in Long Beach and L.A. Harbor over the years, people driving around way too fast with zero ability to know how to use the radar. And if you did know what you were doing, you sure in the heck wouldn't be driving around at a high speed in the fog. So this is a tragedy that could have been avoided. And we're going to talk about it a little bit here on the show today. When I tell everybody to get out on your boat, go out there when the sun is shining and it's clear and figure out how to use your radar and then start to figure out how to identify targets. And the way I do that is by driving around in the harbor and looking at the buoys, the five mile an hour buoy, the, the, the channel demarcation buoys, the red buoy, the green buoy, anything that's stationary first, we're going to see how it reacts on the radar and see how it reacts as we approach it. And then what you want to do is you want to put that mental note in that you already now have started to identify what targets look on there. Then you're going to start to identify boats and sailboats, and you're going to start to identify how they move. And you're going to start to understand that if your radar is 48 mile radar, which is useless, I don't even know why you'd have one because I don't know if you know, but the earth is round. So the curvature of the earth doesn't allow a 48 mile radar to pick up much, but the very top of an island or something. Your radar, you should be running around if you're out in the open ocean at six miles or three miles. And then never, ever, ever, ever let anything get within a mile of your boat. So you start to zoom, you got a target coming, you're going, and you see the target come up on the radar screen. Every one of your rings on your screen should be one mile. And then as you start to move in on it, they come to a half a mile or a quarter mile. You start to zoom in or zoom out on your radar. 
understand how the whole thing works. And the rings are super important. I see so many people, oh, I took the rings off because they're confusing. Those rings are markers to allow you to know when that boat or that buoy or that ship or land is getting within a mile of you. When stuff starts to get within your mile, and I call it your mile, when you're out on your boat, you have a mile around you that you have to pay super close attention to. With any time something gets inside of your mile, it is time to really pay attention. It is time to start to zoom in quarter mile, half mile, when it's inside the half mile, then you want to kind of really start to pay attention even more than you are paying attention. Slow down, figure out which way that buoy or that boat is moving and never, ever, ever go in front of any object. And then if you're out in San Diego or LA or Long Beach, we have another scenario on the table that most people don't understand is you have tugs towing barges and towing ships and towing boats. So therefore, it's really imperative to know which way they're headed and to never get within a quarter mile of any other boat ever in the open ocean because they got that tow line coming off behind them that you might not even see. Your radar might not even be good enough, especially if you're going back and forth to Catalina because you got those rock barges and you have the supply barges that are bringing supplies into Catalina and the rock barges are bringing the rocks to and from Catalina. So it's super important to know how to use your radar. You do not want to be this person. This was an accident that should have never happened. This should have never happened. This person, even the boat looks, if you look at the picture, it looks like they have a radar but they probably didn't know how to use it or maybe it wasn't even on. I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. I wasn't there. All I can tell you is the captain of the little boats, the one that's at fault, he should have never put his people in that position. And when you watch the article or you watch the uh, newscast, you're going to see they were hoop netting. The people are on the boat. They were hooping. So that's what we're all doing this time of year. We're all out hooping. We're all out at night hoop netting and the fog is scary, super scary. It's the only thing I'm worried about is when I come into foggy areas, come into, cause no, I know my radar. I know how to use it. I know how to navigate. I know how to get around. My problem is the little boaters, the little boats that are hauling butt in the fog. And I've seen it millions of times. They're going way too fast for the, conditions. They have no radar. They don't know where any of us are. And they're driving around like a maniac. It's crazy, gang. You got to slow down. We learned that in driver's ed when we were kids. You got to slow down in the fog. You got to slow down and you got to, you also want another, I'm going to throw another tip out there. Then we'll start answering these questions. Gang, your GPS is your friend. Make sure you have your track line on especially this time of year. I don't care when you get out there fishing and I show you how to use it to catch tuna and that kind of stuff. That's great. But right now, from today forward, you all should have your track line on when you leave your dock so that when you're coming back and you're creeping along in the fog, you follow your track line that you use to leave and you follow it back to your dock. If you get stuck out there in the fog, with no radar, 
You're going to slow down. I know it sucks, but it happens all the time, especially this time of year. And the fog isn't going anywhere. Slow down. Start to understand how to use your GPS to drive back to your dock. But understand that the GPS doesn't show you all the other boats out there that are moving. The GPS is going to help you to get back to your dock. Absolutely. Or back to the launch ramp or wherever you're going. But now it's time to slow down. Make sure you have a fog signal. It's the law. You're supposed to have one. Make sure you have one or make sure you sound that horn. You have a horn. Every boat's supposed to have it. If you're compliant with the Cal with the uh, United States Coast Guard, you should have a horn. You should blow it every time that you're supposed to blow it depending on the size of your boat but you need to blow the horn so that other boats around you if you don't have radar you've got to make some type of sound so that other boats can understand that you're out there other boats probably have the radar but they're they're scared of you because we don't know which way you're going we have no idea where you're going or what you're doing the foghorn the sound is going to help us out to understand that where you're at it's also going to help you to identify other boats in the area when they sound back to you. There's so many scenarios in the fog, but the number one thing is if you have radar, learn how to use it when it's not foggy and it's not dark. It will save you from that tragedy I just showed you. And go watch that, uh, go watch that telecast on the news on that channel and go see what I'm talking about. It's a tragedy that should have never happened and there's two critically injured in this mess. So pay attention out there, gang, because the fog isn't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So it's only going to get worse. There's going to be more accidents because there's going to be a lot of booger eaters. Not everyone watches our show. Not everyone's a member of the greatest fishing website ever built. We're trying. Also, share this with all your friends, gang, that are thinking, why do you guys always come in with all the fish? Those of you that are members, why do you always catch? Tell all your friends. Tell all your January 1st, 2024, the price of your saltwater guide goes to $29.99 a month. Yep. Nobody that's already in is going to get charged anymore. Just like the very first timers that got in for $4.99, they're still being charged $4.99. The $9.99, you guys are still be $9.99. Anybody that gets in before January 1st, you're going to be set at the $9.99 price. Also, the game plans and the hotspots are going up. Right now, you get game plans and hotspots for 100 bucks. They're going to 200 bucks on January 1st, 2024. I am just trying to warn you because when you see the price increase, you're going to go, Oh, what happened? I thought you said it was nine. It was, but it isn't anymore. I don't know if you've seen what's going on in the United States of America, but everything's going up. And so is the price of your saltwater guide. So share this with your friends and let them know they need to get in now. Before it's too late. Yeah, it's very important. Every 20 seconds, whatever, you just got to make sure that you make some type of noise. Okay, John Stanley. Thank you, buddy. Always there for me. Always putting out good stuff. Ask me, hey, we've had great success using our chum bucket on the anchor. Is that the only good? Is that only good when anchoring or is there a benefit to using it when you're drifting as well? Here's the problem when you're drifting. If you have your chum bucket out, remember you're drifting along. So all your chum is 
going out of that bucket and going to never to never never land. So all the fish are in that chum line back there somewhere, wherever you drifted from when you drifted. So if you have your chum bucket out and you're drifting, the only time a chum bucket is beneficial when you're drifting is when you're offshore drifting for shark fishing. Joe Bongo's made a bunch of great videos back in the day when he was selling the Bongo's chum bucket. He was the originator of it out here in Southern California. And uh, he used it for shark fishing. Joe started his career shark fishing on his topaz out of uh, Newport, out of Davy's Locker. We used big trash cans full of dead fish back in the day, just like in Jaws, chumming that way and drifting. Get a nice big long chum slick going and the sharks would come in there. But as far as fishing along the coast or fishing at the islands, if you're drifting with the chum bucket, you are feeding all the fish that you drifted by, but it will not benefit you. The fish aren't going to come up the chum bucket line like they do at a spot when you have your chum bucket over the side. And, uh, and when you have your chum bucket and you're anchored, the chum's going back behind the boat over to the rock and the fish are coming up that way. But if you're drifting with the chum bucket, you're just wasting your time. You're drifting along and you got like zero chance of uh, attracting any fish because they they're all back there where you threw the chum bucket over. They're back there going, wow, they drifted by the rock here. We had an opportunity, but we don't know where. We want to go eat those baits with the hooks in them, but we don't even know where they are now. Think about it like that. So no, drifting with the chum buckets, no bueno. It's not going to help you. All right, here's a question for Kelly. Oh, Thursday. <laughs> All right, she will answer that on Thursday. Gang, if you have any questions, feel free to send them in to 949-374-0786. I'll try to answer them to the best of my ability. We'll do whatever we can. Or if I don't know the answer, I'll make up something really cool that'll sound really good. So um, back to the radar thing while we wait for some questions to come in. When you're using your radar, gang, and you're offshore, I was saying before, six-mile range is what all the yachts and sport boats and everybody does when they're traveling because if anything's out there six miles away, we can try to figure out which way it's moving, which way it's traveling. Each one of our rings is one mile, so there'll be six rings on the radar for the six-mile range, and we can see where the boats are, which way they're moving, how they're moving. We can 90% of the... Radars that are used today have a cursor on it. You can roll the cursor out to the target, put the cursor on the target, keep driving your course, see which way that that target is moving. We call targets anything that's not us on the radar. We're always dead center in the middle of the radar, anything that's not us. And how do I detect a target? If the radar goes around three times and I see the object two of the three times, and it's a real object. If the radar goes around once, you see a blip, goes around again, nothing, goes around again, nothing, there's a pretty good chance that wasn't anything. If it, the radar goes around three times, you see the blip twice, that's that's a real target. Might be coming up and down on the swells, that's a real target. I know you have bird radars. I know I taught people how to use the bird radar for years. I know all about that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about avoiding a collision out there on the water. We're not talking about looking for birds. 
<laughs> Excuse me. I don't have a sneeze button. All right. Jesse wants to know what pound test would you start considering crimping versus tying a knot? I like anything over a hundred anything over a hundred pounds, we're gonna use the crimp. Anything over a hundred pounds, because it gets really hard to tie a really good knot. So we're gonna use crimping tools. And we have a whole series about how to proper way to crimp and everything over at your saltwater guide. You can see how we rig the Marlin jigs. See how we rig our yummy flyer. See how we rig the double trouble rig. All those are used with crimps because we're using on the yummy flyer, we're using 200 pound fluorocarbon. And on the Marlin jigs, we're using 120, 130, 200 pound, depending on what we're fishing for. So we're going to use crimps all the time when we're doing that. Hopefully that answered your question, Jesse. And if you need more about that, always go to yoursaltwaterguide.com. We have over five, I, excuse me, we, I have over 580 how-to videos over there. Whatever you're trying to accomplish, I guarantee I have a video about it. And if I don't, and if you get me, if you get me for a, if you stump me and I don't, I'll make a video for you. I'll make you your very own video. Hey, Captain Dave Daly here. What are the new BS fishing regs coming January 1st? We're going to have Wayne Coda from uh, CCA on the show here, probably around Thanksgiving time. He'll let us know all the new garbage that's coming down the pike. That's a good question, though, Dave. And, uh, that brings me to, the, I had a phone call from my buddy, Justin, before the show went live, talking about the closures in Long Beach, LA Harbor still for the lobsters. Well, they drew the wrong lines. They drew the wrong demarcation lines for the closures. They were totally wrong. Now they're backpedaling and there's parts of Long Beach Harbor that are open. On this show, I'm not going to tell you. Just like on the website, I don't talk about the areas that are closed. I don't need the liability. When you sign your fishing license, you say you know that you read the regs and you understand them and you know. I do not want to be posting stuff on my website about regulations because that's not what the website's about. The website's about teaching you how to fish. So Justin and I were just talking before this and he's like, trying to describe to me where the open areas are and where the closed areas are. Are you don't ever think I'm going to put myself up against the fish and wildlife. 90% of that stuff is almost impossible for me to understand. And I've been fishing for my whole life. I can't even imagine what it's like for you guys, but you grab their website, you look at their reg, you look at what they have, take a picture of it with your phone put it on your chart plotter, try to figure out these lines, all this garbage that they keep pumping down our throats all the time. It's, you gotta be, uh, college math major to understand all this geometrical closure areas and the GPS lines and all the other stuff that goes along with the gang. And it puts me into a liability where I, Captain Dave, your saltwater guide said, and then you guys grab that, and then we go to court. And yeah, I'm not interested in any of that. I, I have a hard enough time just keeping myself straight. 
So I'm not going to put out ever any of the regulation stuff on my website, but they, the demarcation lines for the closure for this, this acid they found in a lobster that made them close Long Beach, LA Harbor. It's not what you thought it was. So there's areas now that are open inside of Long Beach Harbor. There's going to be a lot of boats out there fishing tonight. Now that they changed this and told us a different area. It sounds like the oil islands are open. It sounds like from the Queen Mary South is open. I don't know. I don't want to be quoted on any of it, but the way Justin was describing it to me, I think the oil islands are open now. I'm not positive, but uh, don't take my word for it. Go look at the Fish and Wildlife's website and see what the heck they got going on. I love when they tell you they made a mistake. But uh, if you got any questions, gang, feel free. Text the show, 949-374-0786. We'll do our very best to answer them like I just did. But um, real quick, so Fish Lab makes an incredible product here. Have you guys seen this slow-pitch Carnata jig? I talked about this. I did some videos about it a year or so ago. This color right here matches the red crab. This is an incredible, incredible lure. Already, every lure that is coming out right now that does what this does has to be re-rigged when you buy it. Other companies that sell slow-pitch jigs, you got to change the hooks on them. You got you to re-rig them right away. You, not only did you buy the lure, then you got to go spend money on the rigging, and you got to go buy different hooks. These already come ready to go to go catch those big giant bluefin. This is perfect for what's going on in the nighttime when they're fishing that fish down two or 300 feet. This is a 300 gram, five and a half inch slow pitch Carnata jig from Fish Lab. This thing has been catching fish for the last couple of years. You want to have one of these in your bag when you go rig this up, crimp it up with 200 pound fluorocarbon tied to your braid because you're fishing dark they can't fish can't see the line put a piece of 300 or 200 pound floral on the end of this thing crimp it on there and drop it down there and catch big bluefin it's already rigged up and ready to go that's an awesome lure you can get these at shark bait you spell shark with a c and uh over there in uh, seal beach the shark bait yep 300 gram these things are incredible, ready to go, ready to go fishing. And then remember what we talked about in the beginning of the show. Not everybody was on here, but if you go to the Fish Lab Instagram page, okay, I'll show you a picture of it real quick here. Go to the Fish, Gra Fish Lab Instagram page. They have a, okay, sorry, I'll stay behind the mic. They have a, I'm sorry, I'll move forward. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Lewis. They have a, uh, Giveaway over the next couple of weeks. If you can please use the attached photo or excuse me, if you can go to fish labs tackle on Instagram, the very first post on there is the new giveaway and you're going to win a box of new fish labs baits. They will be among the first to get their hands on the new items from the iCast 2023 show. So when you go to the Instagram page, the very first post you're going to see is going to be about this giveaway. And the first five people, first, they're going to pick five winners to be chosen on Friday, the 27th of October. 
And all you have to do is go over there to their Instagram page, follow, like, and leave a comment. You look at it right now, it's 29.9. Let's see if after this show, if we can't drive that up to 30. Let's get it over 30,000 followers. I will be super bummed if that's not changed to 30 by tomorrow. And if it's not, it's our fault because we have plenty of people watching the show. Yesterday's show, we had 1,800 people just watch it on Facebook alone. So we can change the numbers on Fish Lab on their Instagram page. We have the power. Your Saltwater Guide followers, we have the power. Let's go over there. Let's win this. I want my followers to win. I want them to be the five people that win. So let's go over there. Let's follow their page. Let's leave a comment. Let's win this. I want, and I'll announce the five winners on my show. If you're your saltwater guide followers, so go to fish lab tackle at Instagram and get on there and follow like, and leave a comment. It's that simple gang to win free tackle. Come on. And everything I just asked you to do is free. It's not going to cost you a penny. And almost every one of you have an Instagram page. So you can go over there. Don't be scared. Get on Instagram for a minute and just go over there and like it, leave a comment and follow period. And then you got a good chance. If you follow the directions on the, uh, like I just said, follow, like, and comment, you got a good chance of winning that, those brand new lures that they just showed off at the ICAST show. Crazy. That's a cool deal. I'm pretty happy to have Akuma and Fish Labs as a part of our show. Thank you all very, very much for being a part of it and all the other sponsors and everybody that watches the show. None of this would be possible without all of you. None of these sponsors would even want to talk to Dave if it wasn't for all of my followers. So I thank you all very, very much. I can't emphasize it enough how happy Kelly girl and I are and Marley and Finn and Dolly, the rescue cats. We have two rescue cats, a rescue monkey. And then we got Kelly and I and Anything you can give as far as a tip or some stars, we appreciate it. You can't even imagine how much we both appreciate it. How's the fishing in Baja Sur these days? I've heard it's very slow. What are the best bets? Here's the problem right now. The water down here is rolled over. The water is very greenish yellow, pretty much all over. If you look at a chlorophyll map, if you go to um, Terrafin and look at their chlorophyll maps for down here you'll be blown away the water is 90 degrees but it's a yellowish green color everywhere i have no idea what we're going to do for these tournaments these marlin tournaments down here a week and a half ago before the water rolled over the dorado fishing was insane and then all of a sudden now the water just rolled over and the water is very dirty it's super warm it's insanely warm it is absolutely insanely warm, but uh, yeah, it's super filthy, dirty, and fishing is very, very slow right now. I would go to Mag Bay if I had the opportunity. If I was you guys, I'd fly to Loretto, take a tax, take a taxi, or call Sherry, or call one of the Mag Bay Outfitter people and get to Mag Bay, or call Larry over at uh, Pacific Sport Fishing. Alliance, we're going to be announcing on third on Friday. You're going to have an opportunity to come fish Mag Bay with me and Larry. I'm coming up there. We're going to be up there. Might as well just announce it now since 
we're on here and we're talking about it. You walked me right into it. So thank you very much. Okay, listen, I just got this email. So the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th, we're going to be in Lopez Mateos. We're going to do a trip where you can come fish with me and Larry. We're going to both be there together. We're going to, we're going to charter three boats and we have, what did he say? We have, we have three openings left. He has three openings left and it's going to be 1,995 bucks for, uh, six nights. It's called lodging and meals and snacks. Three spots left. It includes lodging, meals, and fish processing, and four days of fishing. What's not included is alcohol, uh, the tips, your Mexican fishing license. So, wow. That's super exciting. I'm excited. I'm going to drive up in my truck. I may if let me know if you want to do this, if you want to come. We got three openings. I know they're going to fill up quick. If you want to come fish with me in Mag Bay, you just fly into Loretto. I'll pick you. If you guys all can come in together at the same time, I'll pick you all up in my truck and we'll drive over to Lopez Mateos and we'll go fish the mangroves for Larry says we can go outside and fish. I won't be on the boat going outside, but I'll be on the boat that fishes in the mangroves every day. I got no desire to go out in the big ocean on a little boat, but boy, oh boy, get me in those mangroves. You've all seen my videos. You've all seen all that. So if you want to get in on this trip, just call me 949-374-0786. You've watched all my videos. You've seen how bitching Lopez Mateos is. You've seen how bitching the mangroves are. You've seen all the snook and groupers and orange mouth Corvinas we've catch. It's going to be insane. The weather's still gorgeous. It's going to be absolutely insane in November at the end of the November. That's going to be awesome. So let me know if you want to join us. 949-374-0786. Three openings. All right. What are the best places to buy a Mexican fishing license? Are they available online? Yeah, they're available online. It's kind of a, you go to the uh, SAC, S-A-C, Sport Fishing Association of California website. There's a link there. You got to, first you have to sign up. Then you got to get out of it. Then you got to come back with your sign-in. First, you have to sign up to the Mexican website. It's the weirdest thing in the world. You have to get signed up. You have to have your password and your email. Then you have to get out of it. Then you go back in it and buy the license. It's the weirdest dang thing you've ever seen. It's very, very confusing, but that's the only way I know of that you can get the Mexican fishing license and the sport fishing association of California has put that together for us, the private boaters. They don't even need to do it, but Ken Frankie over there at president of the sport fishing association of California decided that he would make it easy for the private boaters to get that Mexican fishing license. And that's the only way I know that you can get it. If there's other people on the show that know, leave a comment, let us know, you know how to get them and, We'll jump on any way possible that we can figure it out. That'd be awesome. I'm super excited. Hey, Pablo, what's happening, buddy? 
Everything good? Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Captain Dave, as a Cabo resident, do you see the fishing go wide open days before a hurricane is coming majority of the time? When that pressure, low pressure drops? Yeah. What's happened is we had that hurricane hanging off down there off the beach. I think that's what turned the water over that big south swell that you guys are going to be having up there in Southern California this week. Catalina is going to be a little tough to fish on the east end of the island because of the south swell that's coming from that hurricane. But um, normally, yeah, when the pressure drops and we don't have a hurricane that's just been laying off the coast for a week, yeah, it usually pumps those fish up. They all get ready because they can feel it in their body. They know that all holy heck's going to break loose, so they're not going to be able to feed. So, yeah, normally right before a hurricane, the fish feed really good because they know it's time to put their heads down and get out of here and travel. So they know it's time to eat. And lo and behold, if your food, if your bait is out there when they decide to eat, it's a really good thing. Okay. Mike Lewis wants to know why do we peel the skin off when we're filleting the fish? The reason being is because it makes the fillet much cleaner. I like to peel it off because it makes the fillet much cleaner. When you rip the skin off of the back of the Dorado or you rip the skin off of the tuna, I can see exactly where the bloodline is. I can cut down that bloodline on each side. I can remove the rest of the meat from the, the backbone. It just makes it a much cleaner and easier fillet. I know that there's plenty of people out there that do it way better than I do, but the reason I, that's why I do it. And I only know why I do it. I don't have a clue why you do it, nor do I really, I don't even want to know why you do it, to be perfectly honest. I know you all need to leave that comment on those videos that I make of how to fillet fish. You always need to tell me how you do it. I'm an old dog. I've been filleting fish since I was 14 years old for a living. I can't change the way I do it. I, it's how I was taught when I was a little kid. I fillet it the way that I know how to do it. It comes out really good. They taste great. The When you tear the skin off, it doesn't leave tendons on there. People have made that comment before. For me, it makes the fillet much cleaner, much easier to deal with. It's easier to cut the dark meat out. So that's why I do it that way. And then uh, it just, it makes it so much cleaner when you're looking down at it. And you can see exactly where the bloodline is and you can see where the rib cage is and you can cut all that stuff out that you really don't want to eat. Makes it much, much easier and much better, I think. All right. So we got any more questions? Feel free to send them in, gang. I'll be more than happy to answer your questions here. Also, at the end of the show, I'll throw up the QR code for my website. You want to check it out because like I told everybody, the price of the website's going to go up dramatically on January 1st, 2024. It's going to $29.99 a month. You'll still be able to get access through the app, which is pretty spectacular. We built an app. I think I'm the only fisherman on the planet that has an app that teaches you how to fish. I know a lot of people have built a lot of apps, but they never fished for a living their whole life. That's all I've ever done. I've well, I'm glad you cut fish like I do. I've never done anything 
corporate America. I haven't, I've done this fishing thing my whole life. I did the trade show installation thing for about 14 years while I raised my kids so I could be there and uh, watched my kids in every sport they played and watched them do it. Because when you're in the fishing industry, you don't get to go be with your family. You don't get to go do all the cool stuff. You don't get to go to all the games. You don't get to go to all the recitals. You don't get to be there for their student conferences and all that stuff. Because as a fisherman, you're out on the water every single day. And when the boat breaks, you have to fix it. So I left that industry for 14 years. And I went and I set up trade shows, had nothing to do with fishing. And I set up the trade shows for a living so I could be there for my kids as they grew up. And as you saw, when I did that podcast from Tahoe, my boys and I have a phenomenal relationship. It it touches my heart every day we talk about it. It's just a great relationship I have with my boys. And I I believe in my heart it was because I left the sport fishing industry and was there for my kids the whole time they grew up. And I never let them down. And I showed up at it. They can both tell you there was one game they played, one, that I didn't show up to. That was it. One in their whole life. And it was because I was so dang sick I couldn't make it. And... uh If you got any questions, gang, feel free to send them to me. We got about 15 minutes to talk. So question, I love Akuma products, but is Akuma ever going to release an upgraded Komodo 300 or 400 baitcaster with the true freeze pull like the Komodo 200? That's a great question. I have no problem casting the other ones. I didn't even know there was a problem. I'm going to have to pull my, I'm going to have to pull my, uh, 300 and my 400 out here and go out in the backyard and try casting and see what the difference is between those and the 200. I, I never even noticed that there was a problem with this free spool. So, so I'll, I'll ask John, we'll try to get John Bretza back on the show. That was a great show. when we had the president of product development, John Bretza on the show, we'll get John back on here. He can answer that question way better than I can. Yes, you're absolutely right, Brian. It's not me. It's my hands and my brain telling me how to do it. Yep, it's just a reflex now to how to do it. I couldn't even, people go, oh, you play fish old school style. I'm an old guy. Let's be honest. I don't know this new fangled way. The way we did it worked flawlessly for years and years and years. And we filleted, like I said, four or 500 fish three times a day. I know. Oh, you did not. Okay, whatever. I did. And we did. And there's plenty of pictures. And there's millions of people that were there and saw it also. Why we wait for anybody else to bring in a question, gang, which I can't even believe. No one's got any questions. You forget that I give away a free T-shirt to one question answer every Wednesday. I forgot to tell you that. All you got to do is ask a question. It could even be as, how did you get to be so cool, Dave? Or how did you get to get such a beautiful wife, Dave? Any question could qualify you to win a a T-shirt. And we give away a shirt every Wednesday and every Thursday. But, uh, yeah, I'm not getting any questions, so I can't answer any questions when we're not getting any questions. But, um. That radar thing is super important, gang. If you think, oh, I know how to use it. Well, you might want to take a little refresher course. You may want to turn that thing on in the daytime. And also, you might want to make sure it works. That's another thing people don't understand. They don't use it. 
Or how did I learn to feed the fish tortillas out of Mike, Mike Lewis's mouth? Did you guys see that new video I posted with me and Mike and Jamie down on the beach feeding the fish? Absolutely incredible. Billions of fish. So many fish. You can't even count them all. So, so many fish. Dave Burris, how did I get to be so cool and have such a cool name as Dave? I don't know, Dave Burris. My my parents must have been talking to your parents at the time. Question, where to shore fish for spotted sand bass? Thanks for answering our questions. Jake, that, that uh, surf fishing thing, thank you for talking about it. Bill Varney is going to start to become part of our website, and he's going to talk more about all the great places to fish. But if I was to go try to catch some spotted bay bass, I would go to the inlets there in Del Mar or Encinita. I'm not sure where you're at, Jake. So it's hard for me to point you in a direction when I don't really know where you are. Those uh, lagoons in Encinitas and in uh, Del Mar, those those places are great. The big lagoon right there by the... Uh, Turn off for Legoland. That lagoon's phenomenal. I don't know what the names of them are, but we've got lots of them. What type of lures do you recommend for boss or crocodiles and colors? I like using the small crocodile. The, they're like two inch and they're straight silver. They look exactly like all the bait fish. Oh, in Huntington Beach. Oh my gosh. In Huntington Beach, if you go to... Uh, You go to the river mouth at uh, the opening to uh, Huntington Harbor, that river mouth right there, when the tide is going from high to low, when it, the tide starts to go out right there, those spotted bay bass stack up right there when the tide's going out and you use those sand fleas or they call them sand crabs, mole crabs. It's phenomenal right there when the tide is going out. When the tide is going out, when it's screaming out of there and it screams out of there at that, that is a really good place to catch a lot of spotted bay bass, also Corvina and uh, the halibut. Everything gets in there when that tide's going out. Most people don't even understand it. So Huntington Beach, you're going to drive a little bit north. And you're going to go right there to where that that water comes out of Huntington Harbor. And it's a phenomenal fishery right there. It's so fun. Light line, small hooks, sand crabs, little tiny sinker, just enough to keep it down in the water column. You don't want it laying on the bottom and you don't want it flopping on the top. You want it in the mid-water column. So whatever it takes to get your bait there. I have no idea. I just, you could smell Dave Burris. You could smell that that was the place for the cool kids to hang out. If, if you think about that back in the mid seventies, you could smell that that upper field at San Clemente high school was the place where the cool kids hung out. Hey, Tim Olgavi. Thank you very much. My sister says she has that package in, at her office, Donna was telling Kelly and I that we watched it or that we, uh, she showed us pictures of the package. We can't wait to open it up and 
see what presents you got for us, Tim. Thank you very, very much. Gang, we got a few minutes left. If you have a burning question, please send it in now. I will answer your questions. If you have a question, I want to answer it for you. The small chrome crocodiles are my go-to down here in Mexico. When I go over to the East Cape and I'm fishing, I love the small crocodiles. They work so good off the beach. I catch all kinds of stuff. I catch cabrilla. I catch pargo. I catch needlefish. It just matches the hatch. And that small chrome crocodile is such a phenomenal lure to match the hatch. It works great. Yeah, Todd. My website has over 1,300 spots. Thank you very much for asking. If you just want spots, gang, you can go down to West Marine and you can buy one of those laminated charts and you can get all those GPS numbers. The difference between my website and everything else out there is we have over 1,300 spots starting at the Channel Islands and ending down at the Coronado Islands. And I explain to you on each video how to fish each and every individual spot. I brought in special guests that teach you how to fish the areas that they're very adept at fishing at. We give you all the GPS numbers. But really, to be perfectly honest, GPS numbers are kind of worthless if you don't know what to do when you get there. So I've taken it to the next level. I did this. Don Brockman, Dan, Danny Jackson, Joe Barian, and uh, Pete Gray. A lot of us put together a video series 30-something years ago, 1980. Oh my gosh, 40 years ago, 1989. We put together these videos. We put them out on VHS tape. Now I've taken it all and I've digitalized it and it's all available on my website at yoursaltwaterguide.com. The same spots that we talked about on the VHS tapes back in 89 are what you get when you go to my website. I have all the GPS numbers. If you just want GPS numbers, you can watch the short little one two minute videos with the GPS numbers on it. But if you want to learn how to fish the spots at Palos Verdes, if you want to learn how to fish the spots in Redondo, if you want to learn how to fish the spots at Catalina, I break it all down. Videos are about 40 minutes long, but we teach you how to fish each and every individual spot. But the really thing about it is I don't know how you fish nor do I really care how you fish. What I've done is I've taught you, I've taken all the spots and I've told you how I fish them. So when my game plan, when the game plans come out for everybody on Thursdays at 3.30 in the afternoon, there, if you go to Orange Rocks on the backside of Catalina and you anchor up in 86 feet of water and make sure the rock is directly behind the boat down current from you, and you throw your chum bucket in the water and you fish the way I teach you how to fish, you'll be successful. But if you go onto my website and you just gather GPS numbers and you don't pay attention to the fundamentals of all the fishing stuff, you're going to fail just like you always do. The, the thing about our website, every single member and, and they're all, there's so many members right now on the, on the live feed watching. That'll all tell you if you're thinking about joining the website, here's my, here's my, uh, guarantee to you. As long as you're a member, I answer your phone calls. As soon as you cancel your membership, I block your number. 
I have so I have over 4,000 members on the website. I can't talk to people that aren't members. I just don't have the time. I talk all day long, every day. I put out 28 brand new videos every week across social media. I do this live podcast Monday through Friday. And I talk to all my members. And I put out the game plans every Thursday at 3.30 in the afternoon. So if you don't like the website and you cancel, I'm not going to talk to you on the phone anymore. Pretty much what I do is I block your number as soon as you cancel your membership because I don't have time to talk to you anymore. It's just the way it is. But if you want to be successful when you go fishing, there isn't another website out there that's going to help you. And this bluefin thing, it's one-dimensional. And it's cost a fortune to go chase tuna all day long on your private boat. And the biggest problem we're going to have here now is with this $8 a gallon gas is we're going to have a phenomenal amount of people selling their boats here this year because they wasted so much money chasing bluefin when there's sea bass and yellowtail and calico bass at the islands and along the coast. But no one's been fishing for them because everybody wants a big bluefin so they can go into the office and go, look, look at what I caught yesterday. Ah. Yep, too bad. I saw this happen in 2007, 2008. It was a mass exodus from the boating community. I'm trying so hard to show everybody that there's way more funner fish to fish for than tuna on your private boat. And I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> I don't know who the first captain was that threw me over, but I got thrown into the water a hundred times at least. Being the owner's son, oh my God, I had a giant target on my back all the time. So I was always constantly thrown in the water and heaven forbid, here's how it worked back when I, you couldn't do this today because everybody's crybaby. Uh, there's no, there's very, very few men left under the age of 50 in the industry and they start crying right away if you were to grab them and pick them up and throw them in the water. But if it was your birthday, it didn't matter who you were, you were going in the water. If somebody found out it was your birthday, you were going in the water. Today, the, Cry babies, oh, they'd be suing you. You'd be an HR to be the, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. All right. We got one more question and then we're going to announce the winner. After taking up with bait, do you prefer to let bait settle in before heading offshore? Absolutely, Matt. That's a huge thing. When I load my bait and I talk about this on the website all the time, when we load bait, we go to the bait barge when no one's there. We never get there at six o'clock in the morning. It's not my deal. We're leaving at five in the morning. Oh, we're not going out again till after seven. Cause then I can pull up to the bait barge and I can take my time loading the bait and allowing the bait to settle down and get used to the bait tank. Then when I leave the bait barge, I do not like most boats do in San Diego. They leave the bait barge going as fast as their little boat will go. Nope, we leave the bait barge going slow, watching the bait, getting let it get used to where it's going to live for the rest of the day until I find that school of fish. But yeah, it's super important to let the bait settle down. You got to remember those poor little fish, they were swimming around the ocean the day before, then they were caught by the bait boat, put into a dark box and drove into the harbor and then put into another big box with sea lions blowing bubbles all around it. The poor little fish are scared to death. And then uh, you throw them into your, you throw them into your um, 
bait tank, they got to have a little chance to settle down and quit squirming around and racing into the sides of the tank and killing themselves. So that's pretty much what I got for you today, gang. We got no more questions. So I answered all the questions. I know those of you that can't send the questions in. <laughs> yep. You know, we always do that, Devin. We always feed them potato buds, grind them up real soft in your hands and sprinkle it in your bait tank and let the bait eat it. That and fish blood. They love fish blood. So gang, we got to pick a winner for the free t-shirt and uh, David Lee, send me your address. You just want a free t-shirt from your saltwater guide. Send in your address to me back on that text message and uh, your shirt size. I think I know your size, but just send it just in case. And I, I will be here tomorrow with my beautiful wife, Kelly girl will be joining us for another phenomenal podcast for everybody. And then on uh, Friday, we got Mark Wish on the 12 o'clock show. And then we got a 5 o'clock show with uh, special guests, Kids Can Fish. And that'll be a great show. Mark's show will be phenomenal. Mark Wish and I have been buddies for a very, very long time. We got a lot of great things to talk about. So Mark Wish from Pacific Edge Tackle will be with us on Friday at 12 o'clock. But tomorrow, great show, big show. Kelly Girl will be with us. Thank you all for paying attention. Thanks for watching. Please go over to Fish Lab Tackle on Instagram and uh, hit the like button, the follow button, and uh, leave a comment. Fish Lab, there it is right there. That's how we're going to end the show with that Instagram page. And tomorrow, I'll pull it up. I want to see that number at 30,000. Let's say let's 30,100 followers because they got 29,900 right now. Let's get it to 31. Let's get it to 30,100 followers tomorrow. I will bring it up on the show tomorrow and show you. Here's you got to hit the like button, hit the follow button, and leave a comment. And that'll get you entered in to win that pack that they're going to give away of the lures that they introduced at the ICAST show. All right, gang, that's our show for today. Thank you very much, Fish Labs. Thanks for the Carnata slow pitch jig to show. This thing's insane. This thing works good. It's going to go right down there and bonk a bluefin on the head, and you're going to catch a big, giant bluefin. You don't have to re-rig it. It's ready to go right after the box. Dave Lee, congratulations winning your T-shirt. And don't forget, Kelly Girl, tomorrow, please send in some questions so that she can answer some cool questions on the air and talk to everybody. And I will be here for you tomorrow. Thank you all very, very much for another phenomenal day. Carry on. See ya. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.